This is the New Strength Way podcast, where we share tools, strategies, and inspiring stories to help you live a stronger life. I'm your host, Jacob Hodson, and let's do this. We are on. Uh, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the New Strength Way podcast. Uh, today, from the New Strength Bunker, or my garage, we have movement maestro uh, Rod Cooper. This guy has been on the podcast before, so I think you're... This might make you the first or oh, second returning listen, uh, guest that's outside of the gym. So Ellen just beat you a couple of weeks ago, coming back on for a second one. I'm happy to be back on. Uh, but Rod, we've got you here. Obviously, you are a gun when it comes to bodyweight movements, gymnastics, uh, mobility, that sort of stuff. And everyone right now is basically, unless they've got their gyms kitted up, is basically limited to bodyweight training and the trend that I'm kind of seeing at the moment is everyone's just doing reps and reps and reps of the most basic movements going around. Uh, then we see your Instagram and that's not the case. You're doing cool stuff with your body weight. You're really, really testing a lot of these other pieces that you can do. And I know that's how you approach it with your clients. So I wanted to get you on to talk about one, like why do you do it that way? And then also like what's some benefits for some people if they might think about doing their uh, adding a little bit more complexity or like trying to make their training a bit more challenging with their body weight. So I guess, first of all, like uh, if you want to give the guys that haven't heard from you before, I'm sure they follow you on Instagram. Everyone follows you on Instagram, right? I've got a couple of followers. Uh, but if you want to quickly give a rundown of yourself, your background in the movement space, and then we'll go from there. Cool. Yeah. So owner of the Movement Collective, we've had that business for around five years. Man, that's crazy now. I kind of missed the fifth birthday as well. That happened uh, last month and all this stuff's going on. So I just totally missed it. And I looked at the uh, date a couple of days ago. I was like, oh shit, missed our fifth birthday anyway. Happy birthday, TMC. That needs to be a, there needs to be a big party for that. Yeah, absolutely. I think once we go back, we're going to have a big, big celebration for sure. That's cool. That's exciting. So... We're over in Waratah at the moment and we've got a bunch of different classes. We've got anti-fragile classes, which is centered around uh, stability, mobility work, kind of lower level in terms of complexity and skill, uh, but still just as important as any of the other movements that we're doing. So we've got Dan and Damo teaching those classes. Damo's due to come on the podcast soon, oh, actually. Cool. I, I, we tried to tee it up uh, just before everything. Actually, I was meant to go the day that we had Millie. Uh, I was meant to go on the uh, the Sunday. I cancelled on the Saturday because Jess wasn't uh, very uh, wasn't very well, starting to get like where we thought it might have happened soon. And then uh, yeah, basically Millie came along when I was meant to be podcasting with Damo. He was supposed to come on yours, or you were going to go on his? We were going to do both. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah so I, I'm yet to tee back up with Damo for that yet, but I'll uh, I'll reach out to him soon. I'd say catch up with him for sure. Yeah, so they've been teaching the classes Monday through to Friday, and yeah, those classes are around anti-fragility so you're building that strength and stability and then we've got movement classes and the movement classes pretty much entail most uh, bodyweight exercises that we can possibly do so we've got hand balancing there could be some acrobatics there could be gymnastic strength work so on the rings on the bar kind of calisthenics style something that i've been interested in recently is kind of dance contemporary dance and acrobatics so that's been showing up a lot some locomotion like floor work as well and some coordination drills. So another thing that's kind of come up in the last, say, 12 months has been juggling. So yeah, just right. in, between my, uh, in between my rest sets for strength work, I've been juggling. And starting to you know, grasp the concept a little bit so I can do four balls now and starting to work on five. Nice. That's, uh, that's impressive. I, I always thought, 
I, I thought I was finally cool when I finally got to three balls and like four balls just messes with me. So yes, maybe I can teach you after this. I'll give yeah. you a little rundown. It's like, I really like juggling too. So juggling for me, it's like, it's, it's so interesting because you can progress so fast. And this is one of the reasons why we teach it in class as well, because building strength and mobility can take sometimes take months, as you would know. But with juggling, it's like you could do one session and really have a huge breakthrough and go from juggling three balls to the next level of juggling four balls in, in literally one session. So it's really cool to see that fast progress. And we know that progress is fun. So if you've got a skill that you're working on and you can progress quite rapidly well then you're more excited to take it to the next level yeah that the other thing that i find super cool with juggling that i think is underappreciated is like you can try to juggle three balls or four balls or whatever like whatever that level is that you're up to and you can be trying for so long and you only need to just be shown the like the missing link and instantly like oh that's how it works like i remember like when I first learned to juggle three balls, it was at a uh, it was Keegan Smith's Real Movement Project yeah. uh, seminar. We got chucked in there, and me and a few of the boys are down there. And one of the guys could do it really well, but he like he tried to teach us in the lead up because like, we know it's coming, and he just didn't know why he could do it. But he's like, "Oh, you just do it like this, uh, sort of thing." And then in the workshop, whoever or I don't think it was Keegan teaching. I think it was somebody else teaching that piece. But it was like throw it through the center back to you continuously, and that's like that's how you do it and i was like as soon as i did that and i was kind of just like flowing it back even though like visually you're not going straight into the center and throwing it back but that's the the process and the thought behind it yeah instantly it started to click and i was like bang 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 oh cool i've got them i still held on to them starting to sync it together and then before i knew it i was able to like do it without thinking about it anymore and it was just simply knowing that piece and i I think the the super cool thing about it when when i got to that was like that's the exact same reason why you need coaches in everything like training in business in whatever it is because it's like you can try for a while and maybe you might have success but as soon as you figure out that one link and how to do it that well everything like escalates so quickly yeah 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 cool so and that, that's why we have you here so we can learn like what's those little things with the with movement and and body weight strength and that sort of stuff as well like that's why you're on so yeah i would love to teach you that four ball pattern and it's slightly different and after you know jumping in and like starting juggling and understanding some of the patterns now it's really interesting like you said before like those aha moments and i feel like you can have them every single session and it's just so exciting just like oh i get it now i get it and you have these realizations another thing that comes up is time seems to slow down so you'll find this with any skill that you learn not just juggling but when you learn something you you've kind of like holding tension and you're thinking about and everything's going a million miles an hour. But then once you kind of grasp it, once you have those aha moments, three balls for me now, it's like, you know, I could do it almost with my eyes closed and it feels like they're moving in slow motion. But then you compare that to four balls or five balls and, you know, it's a very chaotic. So it's like adapting to that chaos and allowing the brain to kind of understand what's happening. Because in the beginning, it's just like, well, you're just throwing the balls up and they just, you know, run around trying to catch them. But yeah. that's just really interesting. I just, I just love that process of, um, of learning a new skill and having everything slow down so you can kind of calm down. And yeah, I just love it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool, man. And I love that you incorporated in with strength work is like, it gives something for like typically a lot of the people when they get new to new to doing strength stuff, they feel like they can't rest because they're so used to this. Like everything is go, go, go in training or like the way that 
mainstream training is being pushed is like everything's about high intensity high speed uh like no rest breaks and that sort of stuff and like that's a small subset of like how to add value to your training so to see that you guys like instead of getting suckered into that and instead of just telling people just sit down don't do anything it's like here's something else that we can work on in between that's not going to impact on the results that you get negatively, but it's going to engage you so that you take the proper amount of rest so you can go back to your muscle up or handstand push up and give equal amount of quality work in from set to set rather than going and doing one set that's quality. And then because you've rested too short, you end up with like three good reps out of your training and the rest of it's like low quality shitty work that's not actually getting you closer to your goal. Yeah. Yeah, so... I just don't know how to mind blank. That, but I, that, that's the cool thing about like how you guys have integrated like the whole pieces of, of the puzzle of what you guys do movement wise. It's not the, it's not just gymnastic strength training. Like there, there's a, there is places that do just that I know uh, around and there's places that just teach dance and just teach the acrobatics and stuff that like integration. that. Yeah. And then you guys, like, uh, I guess like it's within the name of the movement collective is like, there's no stone unturned in movement. I know you guys still do weightlifting classes and yep. have, uh, is it still Justin teaching them? Yeah. We had Justin teaching before until the, uh, little lockdown, yeah, little lockdown. And but juggling is just one thing that we can do in the rest time. Like you said, it's, it's really nice to utilize that time. That's what we try to do because not everyone has infinite amount of time to spend training. Mm. So it's like if we are resting from our strength work, how can we then utilize the time? So mostly I'm doing mobility. So it's yeah. not always juggling. Mobility is such a good um, element to add into because it's, it's going to add to your training as well, as well as make you feel good. <laughs> So what we'd normally do with that, to so say if like we're training upper body, we'd always train lower body mobility. So we're not taking away from the strength work that we're actually working on. Yeah. So it could be, you know, if you're doing upper body and you start to do upper body mobility, maybe it's too much, a bit of an overload. So what, we always try to do the opposite to what we're doing for that day. Just yeah. utilizing the time. Awesome. So let's uh, let's touch on like, we, we want to go through like the idea of like getting away from the let's just do more reps of really, really basic low-level exercises really in bodyweight. Like you? No, you see it's those videos, you're like, oh, why do they just keep repping it out? Yeah, I, I despise the fact of just like turning everything into like hit circuits. Uh, yeah. I think there's so much more value in training to do a wide encompassing thing and just to be limited in, within that is I think holding people back from having a really, really great positive training experience and learning the lessons that they can add to the rest of their life from training. So, uh, when we come into the stuff that you guys teach with bodyweight gymnastics work and what are some of like the staple pieces that are kind of like things that people aspire to once they're in the movement collective culture? Are you talking about a specific skill or? Yeah, strength? like yeah. What, are, what are some strength movements or some Sorry. skills that require that strength development? There that I'd people... say like the first one would be a handstand. Like yeah. that always comes up in our practice and people come to us to learn the handstand, maybe because we, you know, 90% of our posts are around handstands. It's because we love it, you know, we, yeah. we want to share and we practice exactly what we're, we're teaching. So that would be the, f the first thing. And I think that there's so many different components of the handstand as well. You know, you're learning balance, you're learning to get inverted, you have to learn um, uh, coordination as well. And also like core stability and strength in the shoulders. So there's just so many different elements to to the handstand that makes it you know beneficial not only just for the body itself like like physically but also mentally as well. Yeah, yeah. It's very challenging. 
Yeah, cool. And and then that obviously leads into other stuff of like once you've got the handstand dialed, like there's so many more avenues that come off the back end of that, right? Like you've got um, the really, really common in CrossFit circles is like the handstand push up like yeah. against the wall. But I know you do ones like there's no wall there. Like it's just straight up handstand push ups. Yeah. So uh, I think, yeah, what you were talking about before and I think what annoys you is like the lack of complexity with inside yeah. the movement practice or from what you're seeing from people um, and it's like we look at it as horizontal skill development so if if someone's doing a squat for instance and they just keep repping out squats and they're not looking to change the complexity of it it's just moving in a horizontal pattern so it's like something that's like similar to the squat maybe it's like a goblet squat or they just change it slightly we'd see that as a horizontal it's kind of on the same plane yeah but if what we look at is like how do we move to the next level like how do we bring it up a level and it's called vertical skill development so with the handstand um yeah bringing in that handstand push-up so not only going from a straight arm position and being strong and stable there but can we break at the elbows come all the way down to the ground even into a deficit and then come all the way back up into a straight arm it's just adding that complexity especially taking it off the wall as well it's yeah. just a lot of elements in there and i think i crave that and also the guys that are training with us as well we don't want to just keep repping out the same boring exercise over and over again we're always on the lookout for like what's the next thing it's like having that curiosity to think how do i make this harder or yeah how do i take it to the next level yeah and that's that's the cool thing is like you guys then find these skills that are like i guess they're they're like pinnacle skills for a lot of people like i i can't do freestanding handstands for very long and i'm like that'd be so good if i could just get to that and it's like that's kind of like for, for a lot of the members that i see uh, from you guys and then your own development over time because we've been friends for a long time is like that's kind of like gateways to new worlds in movement like yeah. you get the handstand down it's like now there's opportunity to go to like all these different avenues from the top of that level and the same with like the muscle up right like yeah. you you get the muscle up down pat and then that's only really like Getting that, to the top of the rings that gets you to the top of the rings yeah. and then you can what like can there's another world there uh so that's a really really super cool thing what would you say for like somebody who wants to start to incorporate some of this like more advanced movement practices in what are some methods of like training those pieces uh and maybe maybe we can talk for like the foundations of building like handstand to handstand push-up stuff uh and then muscle ups and pull up sort of work yeah. uh just to make it simple for a lot of listeners but what are some of the methods that you use to then allow people to progressively go towards where they're then opening up the possibility of mm. the world of movement for them so I think the mobility comes into it, making sure we've got enough mobility for the particular movement that we're working on. So there's probably three different things. There's strength, mobility, and then this patterning of the skill. So for handstands, for an example, we would want to make sure that we've got enough mobility in the shoulders to get like a stacked position. So we're not like fighting the position that we are in in a handstand. There's many ways to do that. I don't think we could go over all the different ways, but basically yeah. opening up the shoulders. Just buy the TMC handstand program if you want yeah, that. There you yeah, go. Give shameless plug. plug. Uh, and then working on the skill development so it's just like what position do we need to be in in the handstand to hold it but then there's the rebalance as well for the handstand so it's like finding the position is one thing but then it's like once we remove ourselves from the wall to make it more complex how do we rebalance so it's like understanding the importance of the hands on the ground and how they rebalance uh, the position of the elbows the shoulders the spine the hips how can we manipulate ourselves to, to keep that balance and yeah to take it to that next level 
So also, yes, the mobility, the skill, and also the strength as well. So working on strength and endurance for the handstand. So do we have enough strength in the core to hold ourselves in that hollow body position, the position that we need for the handstand? Or is the core really weak and we like always go into this like arch position, into this like banana back handstand, which you see so often. So there's a bunch of different components that always go into a certain skill. It's never just like one thing. If we just like, you know, work on the strength, we're going to have it. Uh, I find mobility one of the biggest things when it comes to you know press to handstand, uh, handstand push-ups, pull-ups, all that kind of stuff. Mobility is like seems to be the missing component uh, when it comes to a lot of people's training. Yeah, cool, awesome. So what what would be some of the uh, the protocols that we could use on both, or like uh, maybe what's some simple? Let's start with the mobility first, and then we'll move on to the strength stuff. So if that seems to be the missing link, let's yeah. let's hit in with that first. If I needed to improve my mobility through uh, let's just say in general, like my just general shoulder and hip mobility, uh, what would be a couple like bang for your buck things that you would would go towards? And then like there's a there is talk in mobility, like should you do like loaded stretching, passive, active, uh, yeah. dynamic? Like what are some of like the your favorite protocols when it comes to that for taking somebody who might be already lifting a little bit, uh, not necessarily like completely fresh. So they've got a little bit of muscular strength, but they might be a little bit tightly bound because of that. Yeah. Uh, this is completely selfish for myself here. Uh, yeah. But uh, what would be some bang for your buck things for like developing the the flexibility through the hips and then also the shoulders yeah. for a variety of the movements that we've talked about? So I think for the hips, you know, there's many exercises that we use and we, again, we, we try to find the most bang for your buck exercises because there's literally a million things that we could be doing with inside strength and mobility and our movement practice. But I think split stretching would be a great place to start. So the middle splits, that's where, you know, your feet going out to the side. Yeah. So working on the adductors, um, an active position is always good and contract and relax. So we use both those techniques, uh, front splits. So hitting the hip flexors and also the hamstrings in that front split position. So that's, you know, left leg forward or right leg forward. Uh, I would pick both of those and also the pancake position comes up a lot so that's when your legs are in a straddle position you're seated on the ground so it, this also helps with the hip hinge to so say like a deadlift position hip hinge um, and trying to get flat to the ground so the weighted pancake in that position would be mm. awesome we also use some techniques uh, like ballistic techniques so there's one really cool uh, method for that pancake position which is really beneficial for the press to handstand if you're looking to take your handstand entry to the next level and work on the press so the press the handstand, if you don't understand that, it's like placing your hands down on the ground and you kind of float your legs up into the handstand instead of jumping or kicking into yeah. it. And this and this with straight arms, right? Like there's no arms. there's no actual like everyone I think everyone that's into lifting thinks press, they think bending like or like straightening their arms. Like yeah. this is an already straight so position, your arms which is completely locked out, so it's a straight arm movement. Yeah. So your arms are locked out, you lean into it, so protracted scapula, and you keep that position. So the shoulders are in an elevated position as well. So your scapula is elevated, protracted, and then you've just got to lift your legs up into a handstand position. Yeah. Incredible amount of strength that goes into that, right? Yeah. And then there's, you know, the stall depressed. There's like, you know, there's different ways that you can progress that again. There's, I don't think there's, any, there's no roof to this stuff. You know, there's always yeah. that next level, which is really exciting and interesting. Um, but yeah, I would say for the hips, opening up those positions. So opening up the middle split, the front splits would be a great start and using the techniques of time under tension. So spending some time in that range, maybe you hang on to something first if you can't handle it. Cause a lot of people, if they haven't stretched those positions, it'd be quite brutal for them to spend any amount of time. So you can actually go into the positions and hang on to something just to take a little bit of load off until it's tolerable. 
and then you keep progressing from there. Yeah. But I really do like active to passive. I think there's yeah. benefit in both. Active definitely to build some strength and stability around the joint and also so it's applicable to any movement that we want to do. I wouldn't do like passive stretching alone. I don't think that's the most effective way to build like a strong healthy um split, but I do use it after I've done the active work. Yeah. So you typically when you're talking about like uh like contract relax sort of work is that like five seconds on five seconds yeah. off like stuff like that or exactly yeah. yeah so finding the position again there's many ways to to go about it but like holding say say like a 30 second active position and within that time you can play around with that contract and relax five seconds is normally a good um so you can you can build it up from 10% all the way to 100% so that's one way of kind of like this like this bell curve or you can just like full on 100% contraction of the areas that you're working depending on what split you're doing 100% contraction around 3 rounds of that and then moving into a passive position because yeah. straight away it's like overriding that stretch reflex so you know you see a difference straight away from doing contract and relax plus we're building that isometric strength in that position as well which is like you know it's it's a win for sure yeah awesome and so if we're talking hips and like a, the foundation pieces the like middle split front split and our pancake yeah uh, that we want to work on uh what about for the shoulders like the shoulders and the upper back piece yeah, like what so is sh- if somebody i guess if we're looking at the two i guess the two movements a lot of people would be looking towards that are coming from a lifting background and looking at the gymnastic strength stuff is like their handstand stuff and and the muscle ups again uh, so obviously that that takes both ends of the spectrum of you obviously need flexion and you also need the extension range to get in the bottom of that dip yeah. uh, what would be some ways that we would go about them for yeah, so for the shoulders just to keep it nice and simple i would say flexion extension so flexion any overhead movement we do one in a hollow body position so hollow body is where you lay flat on the ground with on your back you tuck the pelvis under, legs go out, and then arms overhead. So this is like traditionally like in, used in gymnastics, also called the dish yeah. position. But we've been doing one with this where we hold a little weight. So we maintain that position. So we want to keep that pelvis tucked under, core nice and tight. So we're not moving through the spine at all. So we're kind of locking the spine down. And then we're moving the shoulders like overhead range through that uh, flexion. And we're hanging on to a small weight. So we're moving in and out of that range for, say, 10 reps and then a 10-second hold at the bottom. And then trying to relax down and try to gain some range out of that. That would just be one simple exercise. And also extension. So looking at the skin the cat or yep. the German hang before you do the skin the cat. So that's on the rings where the shoulders are coming back or the arms are coming back behind your body, uh, sinking into that position and eventually beginning to take some load through that uh, extended position yeah awesome and i think to touch on that because obviously uh one of the things there that people might not realize uh, i know that i got from you when we first started playing around with that a long time ago is uh do not do palms facing forward or down to start off with if you're just starting off with that because particularly if you're strong you will tear a bicep a lot of pressure on the bicep yeah, yeah. that's how the gymnasts would train it because they can pull through back into this position but we always train it the other way yeah, yeah. so palms facing away from you is the uh, the key there before you guys listen to this podcast try it and then like whinge to us about tearing a bicep and just like anything like load it up really slowly so the way that we'd progress someone we'd have the rings say around head height 
Uh, you just take one back and then the other back and then you just kind of sink into it really slowly. So you basically just squat down directly underneath the rings. What tends to happen and what I've seen over time uh, from training a lot of beginners is that it's, it's about the position initially and the position kind of feels like, it almost feels like your, your arm's going to tear off and I experienced the same thing when I first started because I was just like going to the gym before I started doing the, the movement practice and started doing any mobility work and I got into that position. I had enough strength to pull myself around on the bar but I got into that end range and I just felt like both my arms are going to tear off my body. So it was like this intense pain through my bicep, through like um, front delt into the, into the chest. So sink into it if you are getting that feeling like you feel like your arm's going to tear off. Just go nice and slow into it. Sink into it till eventually you can pull one knee up and keeping active through the shoulders as well, through the scap. So one knee up and then eventually we can lift that other yeah. leg up. Are you pulling down through the shoulders or trying to pull back almost, when you're going? I almost think to... about um, two actions of pulling. So I think about pulling the rings down. So the shoulders yeah. are coming down, pulling the rings down and then also lifting up with the knees. So always yeah. talk about this too. It's kind of hard to describe right now, but two actions of pulling, pulling the shoulders down, keeping, making sure that we're staying strong and stable through the shoulders. Once you've been practicing this for a while, you can move into a passive position, skin the cat and just like hang there and that's that's okay yeah. but i would suggest in the beginning if you're fairly new to that to that range to stay active yeah sure awesome cool so now we've we've covered a little bit of mobility stuff what would be some of the uh protocols that you would use to say uh build the strength pieces for the for those movements there as well for people yeah so for which particular like say for the handstand let's say uh let's say the handstand and the the handstand push up against yeah. the wall what if somebody's trying to build the uh the shoulder and the the pressing strength for that and then also to be able to uh build the actual like control motor control and like core strength and that for a full handstand what what would be some of the pieces that you would use for that uh saying that they're already like reasonably strong they're not coming from like they're only just doing their first push up now like they're probably close and they just need to like get a little bit more of that directed approach that we were talking about before with the uh with the juggling is just knowing that piece is like those people that are like on that borderline or or maybe they're getting one they're just getting a rep but it's pretty ugly like how would they go about like just building that up there would you just tell them to do one rep at a time or what are some of the techniques that you could use to build up to doing multiples there so there's progressions for everything let's look at the handstand push-up first so one variation would be to put your hands up on a box depending on oh you said that the person is like reasonably strong right yeah okay so yeah the first progression we'd normally use for most people would be the pike push-up so it's almost like a downward dog position what we want to do first is track the shoulders first then break at the elbows and place the forehead down in front of the hands it almost creates this like triangle pattern mm -hmm. and then that position translates through all of the variations even into the most advanced variations where you're doing deficit handstand push-ups or you're adding weight things like that so that is really good to kind of build the pattern of like what does the handstand push-up look like and to build that strength i find that too many people go to the wall straight away and i think going back to the wall and you know doing this big arch and just like just moving in and out of the range is probably not the best place to start even for myself i can do freestanding handstand push-ups but actually going back to the wall and keeping this really strict form if you go chest to the wall it's really difficult so i think for most people it's like let's let's um knock it back a few notches and start at a really low level and build that up so we're really proficient in that movement that that baseline and then we can build that up as time yeah. goes on yeah nice uh so what what would you go to after that like that uh that first step of the the pike push-up yeah so then i'd go elevation of the feet so on a small box or up on your couch or on a, on a bench 
So start to elevate the feet, still maintaining that position. You don't want to you don't want to flatten out, like make it more of a push up. You want to keep the keep the weight in the shoulders. So again, tracking those shoulders forward, breaking or bending at the elbows, touching that head down, and then coming back up into that similar position where your butt is kind of stacked. Yeah. What we want to do is just keep simulating that end position. Like let's have a look at what that looks like in the end. And then how do we regress that to a level that's like doable for most people for multiple reps? Because we don't just want to be working in like, you know, one rep max all the time. It's like, how do we take it back to a level that we can start to build some volume up and some strength around the connective tissue as well as the muscle and build them up slowly, progressively so they can reach that end result at some point. But it's, yeah, it's not going to happen in the first day. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. And then after you get to that point, then progressing them to the wall, once they've got some proficiency to do some reps with quality in those good positions and elevated. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah. go to the wall after that. So chest to the wall, like I said before, so trying to keep that nice hollow body position. So you don't want to move into an arch. For me, it's like getting down to the ground and then that initial push from the bottom, people tend to go into that arch. So it's like just trying to make be nice and slow and controlled. If you can't do a full rep, same with any you know uh, strength building exercise we could just potentially do the negative portion yeah so the eccentrics just coming down super slow and control building that time under tension so we get nice and strong just moving through that range and yeah and then slowly progress it like that and then when you've got the balance if you work on the handstand off the wall and you've got that then you kind of join the pieces together and i think this is really cool with the movement practice as well because if you work on all these different elements it's not isolated to that one area so it's yeah. really cool to work on one thing and then something that seems very different and then being able to like kind of mold them together. Yeah, 100%. Let's just hit that one quickly. Just double up. Sweet. We're going to have so much content. Ah. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, if we take that to the muscle up now, let's say you've got somebody there strong enough through the... They're doing a couple of pull-ups. They're doing their dips pretty proficiently on the rings. Uh, they just can't put it all together what are some of the steps back for those guys to work through without their on the rings yeah so we always take it back to the transition and yeah this comes up a lot because the the pull up they've got the pull ups down they've got the dips down so it's like i can't do the the thing i can't do the the muscle up so we always take them back down to the transition work so that's the piece connecting the pull and the push so we would just get them drilling this transition like over and over again for like, say like for a round could be like 60 seconds or like multiple reps, right? 20 reps or something like that. Just really drilling it, not putting any weight into the arms as well. So we're not using this as like building strength in that position, not in the beginning anyway. It's like just getting that, that patterning down just like over and over again, just so it's like, it's, it's almost like uh, second nature. So they don't have to think about it. Because what I've seen is like when people go to do the pull-up and if they don't know, so the, the muscle-up, if they don't know the position like um, and they haven't drilled that enough, it's like they're thinking about too many different things, right? They're thinking about the pull, the turn, they're like, where do I pull it? And it just doesn't happen. So it's like, let's get that down so it's basically automatic. So then when it comes to do the, the full movement, the pull to the push, it just happens. Yeah. Yeah. So the transition and then we start to load that up. So another one that I like to do is the baby muscle-up. So it's actually taking them, just like the handstand push-up, finding a progression that simulates that final movement that you want, that you really want to work on, or the goal, and then you try to bring that down. How do we make it easier so we can rep it out multiple times so the nervous system and your brain kind of understands the movement pattern? So the baby muscle is perfect for that. So it uses the transition, but we also lower down in that false grip position. So we lower down in false grip, pull to the chest, 
do that transition that we've worked on. We can either jump or push to the top. If they can already do dips, they can definitely push to the top, get to the top, lock it out, and then slowly come down. The progression after that would be to get to the top and do the slow negative without the feet on the ground. Yeah, so baby muscles with feet on the ground, just yeah. supporting. Yeah. yeah, and then progressions from that, it's normally just like, it's some, you know, it takes people some time, you know, yeah. and I think the explosiveness from the bottom comes into it as well. So I don't think working on slow negatives the whole time because the, the movement in the beginning is quite explosive. Like mm. you get to the bottom and you're like, boom, you reef into that high, high pull into the chest and then you transition. So I don't think only working on the slow negatives is, is the most ideal way. You've got to kind of go and test it. So yep. you've got to test that, you know, one rep max and see where they get to. I even like helping them through it as well. So yep. they get the ring set up where they can grab the false grip and it's like, all right, let's go. And they pull into it and maybe you just help them that little bit. Yep. Again, it's helping to repattern and, and getting, them done, getting them to understand like what the movement feels like under full load. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's uh, that's really cool, and I think the uh, the great thing there is like, there's this like step by step approach to it. And I know when I learned how to do muscle ups without anyone really teaching me, it was literally just throw myself on the ring and try to do it until I figured it out. And and like, admittedly, I got there pretty quickly, yeah. but I was also it's a at, sure. yeah at that point I was also doing fifteen plus pull ups. I could do like ten to fifteen ring dips, no no troubles there. Like I was already fairly strong fairly athletic in that sort of way and it was kind of just it wasn't pretty it wasn't like the uh to the degree of like how nice or like strict a, a muscle up looks when you see somebody like yourself or vic do it but it it was for the point in time it was like all i knew was like i'd see people just throwing themselves above the ring so i just did that and then got it there eventually and then it's kind of been a, a muscle up has been this refining thing over time is yeah. like how can i make it slower now how can i make it more technical and then that's where like guys like yourself when i've done stuff with you and played through these actual drills i'm like ah, oh, this is how it's actually meant to work just rather like than the just juggling, like, right? the missing components you're like yeah. oh okay like there's might be one little cue that you get from a coach and yeah and that takes you from like doing one or two ugly muscle ups to then getting i think my record is like five or six that's in a awesome. row the still fairly loose like uh while well, still throwing in, into it a little bit but yeah. uh for a guy that doesn't practice them a lot like just doing those little changes and like getting a little bit of refinement i was like oh like that's a big jump in a small period of time just for the right little pieces there i think it's important to know the refinement as well and and understanding that that comes with time you're not going to i think a lot of people get fixated on this perfect movement and doing it perfectly for their first rep when they have never done it in the past. It's like, it's never gonna be perfect. It's gonna be ugly. You're gonna be like pulling this weird face and you're just gonna just reef it up there and eventually you'll get it. Same with the press to handstand. A good example is Damo is working on on the press to handstand at the moment, that straight arm. Damo's long too. He's gonna, like, that's yeah. a hard thing. So there's a few things that he needs to work on and he's starting to get it, but it's not perfect, right? It's like the arms are a little bit bent and the legs are bent, but he's like getting through that motion. So I think it's, it's really important to kind of work on um, the foundations and doing things like, you know, to a certain quality, but also not holding yourself back from, you know, thinking that it's going to be perfect on the first rep. It's like, it's, it's kind of nice to kind of move into it and just do a few ugly reps yeah. so you can understand it. And that refinement can happen over time. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And mm. I really kind of encourage people to, you know, to go for it sometimes and, and not beat themselves yeah. up if it's not 100%. Yeah, that, that's a pretty common thing now that you mention it. And we won't hold on it for too long because I, I don't want to uh, leave us here talking about like, like 
off topic stuff but it's really really common when people like get through that first like whether it's they do their first 200 kilo deadlift or their first um, muscle up and they get down from it and they're all pumped and you're like dude that was awesome and they're like oh I didn't I don't think my back was very straight on that one like I, I don't think it was my best rep and I was like yeah, but that's not the point right now. You just did something that you've been working towards for so long. Celebrate like, those wins. Enjoy Always that. Wins. Like, you, you don't have to worry about, like, is it the nicest? Like, we'll clean that up later. Mm-hmm. Like, enjoy the fact that you got the win. Uh, so, I, I think that's like the... You never see somebody in a in a game of footy or whatever come up, come off after scoring the match winning try and like, oh, oh it wasn't my prettiest try. Like, I, I don't know whether I should deserve the credit for that. They're like, dude, I won that game for the team and I am the man. Yeah, like, they, like, they own that shit. But then when we get to like a, a movement or something like that, we get really critical if it's not perfect straight why away. Why is that though? Like, is that part of our culture to kind of like self, self-judge? self Is it because we're worried about other people saw it and they're like, oh, like, you know, it wasn't perfect. It should have been perfect. I wonder yeah. what that is or where that comes from. Yeah, I think that's a, a rabbit hole conversation, <laughs> man. Like, let, let's not do that on this episode, but it might come up in the future. But Rod, thanks so much for coming on. I really appreciate your time, man. I think uh, there's been some really, really good nuggets here for some people that want to uh, play around with some cool gymnastics strength work and bodyweight strength work. Um, and then apply that to the rest of their training too because I think that's the, uh, the, that's the really cool stuff. It's like when you've got that strength for the advanced handstand drills, the muscle ups, a lot of that then carries over for like if they've got a lifting background or that's where they're coming from. Like I know in the in the girls, typically the best young weightlifters were the best former gymnasts that mm-hmm. stopped doing gymnastics. And I think there's a lot of carryover towards stuff like your overhead movements in weightlifting, strongman, uh, everything like that that comes from building up these gymnastic strength stuff. Particularly yeah. if you're like, if you're heavy, it's not really an excuse to... Uh, not get good at these it just means it might take a little bit more time and a little bit more work yeah so if uh, anyone wants to reach out to the rod cooper what's the uh, the best way to find out more about rod i would say yeah on instagram like rod j cooper just send me a message and yeah the stuff that we spoke about today so i don't know if i explained it too well but a lot of it's hard to explain you've kind of got it's, it's very visual so if yeah. you've got any questions on anything that we spoke about i'm quite happy to help you know coach you through any specific movements or help you get little breakthroughs in any of your movement or even how to structure it as well like we spoke about juggling and skill development and mobility like how do we actually structure that into our program i'm quite happy to have a you know conversation around that as well awesome thanks so much mate appreciate it guys thanks for listening uh make sure you reach out to rod if you enjoyed it let him know that you uh got a lot from it and we'll see you next week